All right, who loves a summer barbecue as much as I do? Listen, if you want to impress everyone with some super yummy dishes, you need ButcherBox in your life. ButcherBox is my go-to subscription box that delivers high-quality meat and seafood to your door with free shipping always. And I'm talking high-quality cuts at an amazing value. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. We are saving so much money every month with ButcherBox over going to the grocery store and buying meat and seafood and saving a lot of time. But get this, last month we saved nearly $200. I also love that ButcherBox curates these tips and recipes that are based on your box so you know what to cook. I made the most amazing steak with a basil sauce the other night. And oh, let me tell you, my friends all raved at how amazing it tasted. I'm definitely going to be pulling that recipe out. If you want great meat and seafood in your life, you need ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com etm and use code etm at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year, plus get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com etm and use code etm. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. The number one money tip in your 30s is actually to decrease the amount of money you're taking home. Say what? I'm Shauna Compton-Game, this is Millennial Money, and today we're talking smart money tips for every generation. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton-Game. It will expand your brain. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. So today's episode was inspired by Susanna and Jonathan. They both independently wrote in to me asking me, what are some of the smart money moves, smart money tips, smart money strategies, whatever you want to call them, for every generation? Jonathan said, hey, Sean, I've been a long listener to the podcast, but I'm really curious. I know that you talk a lot about 20s and 30s, but what are some things I should be thinking about as I near my 40s? 
And what about the other decades? Even though I'm not close to those decades, it still would be interesting to know what some of the money strategies are that you would suggest. And this is such a great idea. I've never done an episode like this, but I recently recorded a small session for the Safe for Work podcast all about these money tips for every generation. And so I thought I wanted to dive into these money tips a little bit deeper on this podcast. The segment I did for Safe for Work was just five minutes, so it was really just kind of brushing the surface of these different money tips. But, you know, we have such a broad audience on this podcast, which I'm really proud of. I think it's really cool. We've got people listening in their 40s, people in their 50s, people in their 60s. I've even had a couple of people in their 70s that have written in questions who tell me they feel more millennial than they do their own generation, which I think is really the focus for this podcast is just, you know, millennial to me is is almost a state of mind. It's thinking about the world you live in, thinking about your life in just a different way than maybe you are traditionally supposed to think about it. Hopefully that makes sense. But the truth I found is when I was writing down these tips, I struggled a little bit because many of them work for just about any age and you can really use them as a checklist to see where you are at any age, regardless of what the number is. And I think what's so great about that is it kind of comes back to all the things that I echo a lot on this podcast, which really is that money is not one size fits all. It's not, you know, small, medium, and large, and you pick whichever size fits you. It's really whatever you want your life to look like. And then it's how do we bring the money situation around that so the money can actually fund your dreams, the money can fund your lifestyle, the money can fund all of those goals. And I think that a lot of times we have traditionally thought about you know, money tips or financial planning in a different way, almost backwards, where we would look at a particular issue you might have, and we're trying to solve a particular issue, whether it's paying off debt, or how do you afford college for your kid? Or how do you buy a house or, you know, all of those common questions that we have, but we look at them almost in isolation. And the problem is, is that we have to look at them in a whole because I can't solve one issue for you, not really knowing, well, what do you want your life to look like? What's your goal? Where are you headed? Where do you want to live? What kind of job do you want to have? Do you want to have a big family? Do you want to have a small family? Some of those questions I know you can't really answer right now. They're not exactly set in stone. I know if I would go back to my early 20s and somebody said to me, what do you want your life to look like? Or what is your life going to look like in 15 years from now? I would have given them a very different answer than the reality of what my life actually did look like at 35. And so I think that's the hard thing is you constantly have to be learning about different money strategies and money tips. And you have to constantly be weighing it against your own life and your own situation to see if it fits. And the cool thing is, is that it might not fit now, but it might fit in six months or a year or a year and a half from now. And that's just because our lives are, you know, so much in flux. And I think that also makes it, it makes it fun, but it also makes it a bit challenging. I know, I don't know if you have the situation, but a lot of my friends 
that are, you know, kind of mid 30s, maybe early 40s, who have these incredible jobs. They're making what any of us would consider to be a very, very good salary. And they're getting laid off, like right and left. And they're very seasoned. They have expertise. And it's it's not just one industry. It's lots of different industries. But the problem is, is they can't get hired again. Either they're being told they're too old for positions, which is ridiculous. If you're in your 30s, how in the world are you too old for a position? Or, you know, a lot of times the hiring manager will tell them like, well, we're just looking for somebody 21 or 22 fresh out of school. Well, that person's not going to have the experience that you have, obviously, but it's just this like crazy backwards world right now. And a lot of these people did not plan to be out of work for a long extended period of time. They ran out of their severance pay and now they're just looking at things and they're like, oh crap, what in the world am I supposed to do now? And that's a very scary place to be in. I don't know if you've ever been there in your life. I don't know if you're in that place now, but it's not a fun place. I've been there, not laid off from a corporate job, but being an entrepreneur my whole career, things are always in flux. And sometimes you think a month is going to be absolutely amazing. And then the five people that were supposed to pay you don't pay you for two months later. And you're suddenly scratching your head like, okay, what, uh, what do I do now? So my point is just that take all these money tips for these different generations with a grain of salt, figure out what works for you, what doesn't. Maybe it spurs on an idea for you or maybe something you hadn't thought about. And again, what's cool is that most of these things you could do at any age. So I just broke them down by different decades, but they really are quite universal. So let's talk about our 20s. Our 20s this time when we're just, we're trying to figure out how to spend our money and everything's new. The career's new, the college debt is new, perhaps living on your own is new. All of those things, relationships are new. It's just a new, fresh period of time in life, which is fun. My 20s were moderately fun. I think my younger 20s were probably some of my most favorite years. My upper 20s, eh, not so much, but that's my that's my situation. But I think your 20s are supposed to be really fun. And I think the important things to think about in your 20s, again, like I said, figure out how to spend your money. What's going out really matters, especially if you have low income and you're managing the student debt. Even more so if you're in situations like that, do you have to be aware of where every single penny is going? Because when you can at least have an awareness of where that cash is going, then you have some sort of empowerment over your finances. You can make choices. You can make decisions. They're not always going to be fun. Sometimes you may have to skip out on certain things or you might have to you know, walk instead of taking Uber or Lyft a couple times a month. But at least you have this awareness of what's going on. I think also, and this might be counterintuitive, might feel a little counterintuitive, but I think you shouldn't be in a rush to pay off your student loans. And I I am a huge fan of anybody who's listening who has done the hard work, who has dug in and who's paid off your student loans. Like you deserve a round of applause because that is such a great accomplishment. But in your 20s, you know, getting your finances in check and figuring out what your your baseline number is. So what is that minimum 
dollar amount that you need every month just to pay all the stuff that you absolutely have to pay. Not any extra credit card payments, not any extra student loan payments, not, you know, going out for happy hours with your friends, the stuff that you absolutely have to pay. Figuring out what that number is makes it really easy because then anytime you get a raise or you get more cash, you can figure out what you want to do with that cash, knowing that this is your baseline number. And the hope is that your baseline number doesn't continue to grow as your salary continues to grow. Because as I said on a podcast a couple weeks ago, that's that's the lifestyle creep. And that's the dangerous thing that happens when we let our expenses just keep growing and growing and growing. And that's how we have people who are making big, big, big salaries and are still saying, hey, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. What the heck is going on? Well, it's because your baseline number has just kept growing. And so if in your 20s, when things are moderately uncomplicated, you could focus on keeping that number as low as humanly possible. But then managing all of the other expenses you have, you're going to put yourself in a really good position for for later on. And, you know, realizing too that managing your money is just literally nothing more than a mechanism to achieve your goals. It is nothing more than that. All of this stuff, all of this hard work of paying attention to your expenses, of, of having money dates, of coming up with a money system... It's all there just to help you achieve your goals. And I think we lose sight of that a lot and we focus on like, oh my God, I don't want to do a budget and oh my God, I don't want to do my taxes and I don't want to have to figure all this out. I would just rather go spend my money, which is cool. We all go through those periods of time. I've been there, done that many times. And I'm going to be honest with you, it feels pretty good, right? It feels pretty good to not have to think or worry or focus on any of this. But when you look at your money, you're like, okay, the money I've been given, the money that's in my bank account is there to help me achieve these things. So how do I best manage that? If you can get that down in your 20s, like you are (laughs) way, way ahead of the game. And so I come back to don't be in a rush to pay off your student loans. Don't be in a rush. You've You've got time. If you don't pay them off in your 20s, it's not the end of the world. You just keep working at it. But I'd rather you get in like the right mindset about money in your 20s because it's going to make all of the other decades go so much smoother. So tell me, what are your money goals that you have for this year? Maybe you're like me and endlessly looking for a house to buy and you're focused on saving for a down payment or you're drooling over traveling somewhere tropical this year and you want to save to pay for it, or you're ready to leave your job and build your own business. So you're going to need some startup funds. Whatever your goals are this year, Monarch can help you reach them. In fact, the Wall Street Journal named Monarch the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. What I love about Monarch is its simple and easy customizable designs. So the dashboard can look exactly the way you want it to. I'm also a big fan of creating custom budgets for things like travel. It's one of my favorite money tips. And Monarch lets you do this so easily. This is such a great way to stay motivated when you've got a lot of money goals you can easily track your progress with every dollar that you save or spend. Remember, your brain loves to see progress and you should celebrate it when you're saving money. And honestly, 
I am so focused on privacy, so I really admire that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties. This means a lot to me, and it should mean a lot to you as well. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of the show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I know I'm a bit biased, but honestly, I think I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a golden mountain doodle, and she is full of spunk and fun, and she's never met a ball she does not love. I honestly, I would do anything for Winnie, and she has enriched my life so much. I can confidently say Winnie is absolutely one of the most priceless purchases I have ever made. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. In today's world, we insure a lot, from cars and homes to cell phones and even travel plans. But what about insurance for your cat or dog? With ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. This is what I call smart spending because, let's be real, those vet bills, they can be expensive. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program, they've been around for about 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure your pet's plan is unique as they are. Because vet bills, they can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. You use their app to submit a claim, and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTC Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. I have to tell you about my new obsession, Notion, our sponsor today. Notion has single-handedly changed how I do life for the better. I use Notion for all my daily journaling so I can keep it all in one spot. I also keep all our favorite recipes that are budget-friendly in Notion so I can easily sort and find the ones I love and easily create fast grocery lists. And okay, One of the best uses of Notion, you can create a template for your money dates and track your goals right in Notion. Seriously, Notion is a game changer. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but really getting inspired. It's an AI-powered workspace. It turns knowledge into action. You can use Notion to summarize meeting notes and auto-generate action items get answers to questions in minute, and you can make all of your money tasks so much easier. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, freelance designer, starting a new startup, a student juggling classes and clubs, or just somebody really wanting to get your life together. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters. Notion.com slash etm and start turning ideas into action. 
And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash ETM. Hi, NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast will give you practical knowledge you can use to level up your finances. I'm Sean Piles, and every week I sit down with NerdWallet's expert nerds to answer your money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. You'll learn how to manage your investments, understand your credit score and your tax bills, get pro tips for organizing your expenses and putting more money into your savings, and a whole lot more. Weekly financial check-ins with Smart Money can help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about whether you're on track to meet your money goals. You'll get the clarity that you need to make smart money decisions with confidence so you don't lose out on what money can do for you. Plus, we keep our episodes short and sweet, so you can get smart about personal finance faster than you can say high-yield savings account. Smart Money is the smartest way to get even smarter about your money. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow the show to download new episodes as they become available for free. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast soon. We have a new sponsor on the podcast, and I'm going to need a drum roll because Brooklinen is the best sheets I've ever slept on, and I'm so in love. Honestly, we spend like a third of our lives in our bed on our sheets, and so sleeping on comfy sheets, it just totally makes a difference. We've been sleeping on our Brooklinen sheets now for a few weeks, and they're awesome. Seriously, totally breathable, soft to the touch, really airy feeling, and I sort of feel like I'm having this luxury experience, except without the big markup price. Brooklinen, they were founded in 2014 by a millennial couple who just wanted to create the most beautiful and comfy home essentials without all the crazy prices. Brooklinen, in fact, is the fastest growing bedding brand in the world with over 15,000 five-star reviews of happy sleepers just like us. They have so many colors and patterns to choose from so you can just mix and match like we did. Honestly, I can tell you my Brooklinen sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. And brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. You get 20 bucks off and free shipping when you use promo code MYMONEY at brooklinen.com. And Brooklinen is so confident that they're going to offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. The only way to get 20 bucks off and free shipping is to use my promo code MYMONEY at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code MYMONEY. Brooklinen, these are the best sheets ever. Yes, we have made it out of our 20s and we're into our 30s. And I teased this a little bit in the opener, but the 30s, I think, should be focusing on decreasing your home pay. And you're probably thinking, is she absolutely crazy? Like, I'm going to turn this podcast off right now because Shauna has no idea what she's talking about, but I promise you it makes sense. So you're not actually making less money, but in your 30s, you're focusing on ramping up your savings into your lifestyle fund, which I just think is a much better name than retirement fund because even it even for me as an expert, like retirement fund just seems I don't it just has a weird sound to it. Maybe it's just me. I don't know, but I I don't think about my life in the way that I think previous generations did where it was like, okay, I'm going to get to this certain age. And at this certain age, I'm going to stop working. I'm just going to 
throw in the towel and that's it. And then I'm just going to sit in a like Barker lounger chair for the rest of my life, staring out at the bird feeder. And if that is your version of life, how you want life to look like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not my version. I plan on working probably a long time, probably well into my 70s, maybe even my 80s, because we're all living so much longer. So the point is focusing on building up savings in this fund, whatever you want to call it, retirement, lifestyle, options is a great one, right? It's a fund that's going to give you options down the line, is just a great way to help propel your 30s. And if you can start even doing this in your 20s, even better, because that time horizon, that time that the money is in there, just building and building and building, think of it like a snowball. It starts really small and then it just starts compounding and compounding and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So by the time you look at your account, like in your fifties and sixties, you're just blown away with how much cash is actually in there. So yeah, I, I say this so many times, but try your best to contribute at least up to the company match in your 401k at the very, very, very least. And I know in your 30s, you might be juggling a lot of things. Maybe you're starting to get married, starting to have a family. Maybe you bought a house. There's a lot of other constraints on you financially. But if you can focus on this, it's going to pay off so much down the line. I mean, honestly, I would tell you, do whatever you can to try and fund your 401k fully. Try and put all the money in that you absolutely can. And if you can't get there, just work on something where maybe every year you increase by a quarter percent or a half percent or one percent, whatever it may feel comfortable to you. But it marks a timeline in the horizon where you can set a goal like, okay, every year on my birthday, I'm increasing my 401k contributions by a half percent. And you're not going to feel the difference. It's not going to be dramatic when you do it that way. But it's going to start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't know anybody who doesn't want to look at their account and and see it get bigger. And you can also think about beyond your 401k, beyond that horizon. You can think about opening an IRA or a Roth if you're in the income limits or other ways to grow your money. Maybe you have an outside investment account. Maybe you're starting to invest in real estate. Maybe you're starting a business. Whatever it may be, it's thinking about different buckets of money that you can put your cash in so that it's growing. But if something happens to one of those buckets, that the whole ship doesn't go down. And I I see a lot of people, especially in their 20s, that think, okay, real estate is the answer. I'm just going to buy real estate and that will be my rainy day fund. That'll be everything for me, which is great. Real estate is great in the right areas. Real estate makes sense in the right areas. For appreciation, for appreciation I'm talking about, there are some places where homes just don't appreciate very much. You may get a couple percentage points in appreciation over a long period of time, or you may live somewhere like New York or LA or Chicago or Miami or those big metro areas where you can get really good appreciation. And as long as you're making a smart decision when you're buying the real estate, that's great, except it's not liquid, it's not cash, you can't call up the bank tomorrow and say, give me $50,000. That just doesn't happen. There's paperwork and you have to qualify and all of that sort of stuff. So real estate is just one bucket, one facet of your entire puzzle piece. You know, I think about it, I say this a lot to people, 
you know, think about those popular yogurt stores like Yogurtland or I don't know what one you have near you. And you go in and you start with a base flavor, vanilla or chocolate or whatever it is for you. And then you add all of your toppings on top. And, you know, when you check out, you have this crazy concoction. Well, it's kind of the same way with your money. You want your yogurt cup to look very diversified, to have your money in lots of different places. Hopefully that makes sense. But again, those are things you can do in your 20s too. And you don't have to just wait till your 30s, but usually your 20s is just this time of figuring out who in the hell you are. (laughs) And for me, it took well into my 30s to do that as well. So don't worry if you're in your 20s and you're still struggling with that one. So we're getting to our 40s. And many of you listening aren't close to 40 or you aren't 40, but a lot of you are. A lot of you, uh, especially older millennials, are knocking on the door of 40. And I think 40 is really a time to think about CYA. You've probably heard of this analogy before, cover your ass. And it's really about covering any exposure you might have that is putting your money at risk. And we don't normally think about these things because normally what we just think about is, okay, I got this massive debt I got to pay off, or I'm still paying off my student loans, or I'm buying stuff, I'm buying houses, I'm buying cars, or I'm having babies, or I'm having weddings, whatever it may be for you. But a lot of times there's these areas of exposure that could really put the cash that you've got at risk. Uh, One of the things I've talked about, I haven't talked about this in a while, but there's something called an umbrella policy, which is a great policy to think about adding on to your homeowners, your renters, your car insurance. It's whatever agent that covers those things for you. That's the one you're going to want to talk to about it. And it's just added liability coverage. So what most people don't know is even if you have the best of the best car insurance, And you get in an accident, let's say you injure somebody else in another car and they sue you, it's very, very likely that your car insurance won't cover that entire lawsuit. So you usually have to come out of pocket and it's usually not a small amount of money. So what an umbrella policy does, it it literally is just like it sounds. It's an umbrella that goes on top of your other coverage and it protects you. It gives you an extra amount of cash in those types of situations. There's a lot of other things that umbrella policy is great for. Again, call and talk to your person who handles your car insurance, your homeowners, your renters. If you if you bundle all those things together, umbrella policy is really, really, really inexpensive. And I'm just a huge fan of this type of policy and we don't hear about it a lot. So it's definitely something you should think about. Car insurance limits, don't be cheap here really find out what your car insurance limits are on your current policy. And is that enough? Because we, we start paying our car insurance and then we don't want to pay anymore. I don't, I don't, we pay a lot of money for car insurance. And every time that money comes out of my bank account, I'm a little pissed off. I can really like use that money for a lot of other things, but I know that it is obviously something we have to have, but that we have good coverage. And so in the event that something would happen, I'm not putting all of our assets at risk. Renters insurance, homeowners insurance, again, all of these things are really important. And it's a good idea to review these at least once a year, if not every couple of years, if you haven't thought about it, just make sure that the coverage is still adequate. We've talked about life insurance before. We just had an episode a couple of weeks ago about, about life insurance. We had a question from a listener. 
you know, it's best when you're young and you're healthy. Term insurance is cheap. You could get a 20-year term or a 30-year term policy. cover you for many years. If you're healthy, it's pretty inexpensive. You can pay these monthly. You can pay these quarterly, semi-annual, annual, whatever you want. But it's a good idea, especially if you're married, if you own a house, if you're starting to have a family, just to be able to cover the income that would be lost if your spouse or your partner isn't there is a really, really big deal. And it, it's a it's a big like peace of mind thing that it's just something you don't have to think about. Um, and disability insurance, people don't talk about this as, at all either, but your biggest asset really is your paycheck. It's just your ability to earn cash. And so protecting that, a lot of times there's policies that are offered from your group benefits. And a lot of times people pass on them because you just don't understand what it means. But the statistics show that somebody under 40 is far less likely to get disabled for longer than 90 days than they are to pass away. And so what that just means is if you had a disability longer than 90 days and your work, their short-term disability isn't paying after 90 days, then you have to come out of pocket. And if you're seriously injured, what if you can't work anymore? So this, um, what I'm talking about is a long-term disability. There are a lot of great companies out there now where you can apply for this coverage online. It's fairly inexpensive. It's not cheap, but again, it's covering your ability to earn a paycheck, which is a really, really big deal. Okay, so... I'm glad you hung through, hung with me through the 40s. I know talking about all those risks and covering those risks, it stresses a lot of people out. And a lot of times people just want to bury their head in the sand. I, I completely understand. I'm trying to talk to you about it in the most approachable way humanly possible that I think if you have any other questions about anything I talked about, you can always send me a question. There's a link in the show notes and I can dive deeper into any one of any one of these topics that I'm talking about. So let's get to our 50s. This is the last decade we're going to dive into. I think there's important stuff for your 60s too, but I know that probably for a lot of you, even the 50s feels like just so far away. You can't even, you can't even think about it, but when you get to your 50s, it's almost reverse of what we talked about in your 30s. So your 50s is figuring out what is your number. And what I mean by that is what is the annual income after tax that you're thinking you're going to need when you either stop working or when you slow down working or it's retirement or whatever the heck you're calling it. Zeroing in on that in your 50s is great because what you can see is how close you are to actually funding that goal. And if you're really, really far away, okay, what are the steps that you need to take so that you can get closer to that goal? Or do you just need to adjust that number? Is your number too high? You know, are you thinking, well, I want to have $8,000 a month to live off of, but your expenses are $8,000. Okay, well, is there a way your expenses can get lowered? Can we get them down to 6000 or 5000 What is a realistic number so that what you have saved and what you will have saved up until that point when you decide to either stop working or change careers, whatever it looks like for your life, that the amount of money that you have can last the longest 
as humanly possible because that's the whole goal. It's it's just to have enough cash to last as long, if not longer, than you do. The worst case scenario is that you run out of cash before you run out of life. And then you're, you know, you don't have that many options. I don't know too many people that are hiring people in their 80s and 90s. Maybe Walmart greeter. I don't know. Maybe maybe there'll be some renaissance and some really cool online jobs that older people can have when we start getting closer to those years. I don't know. But point is just it's a little bit harder when you get to those bigger numbers to get employed. And so you just don't want to run out of cash if at all humanly possible. So it's making those adjustments in your spending and your saving as you inch closer in your 50s. And then going back to what we talked about in the 40s, which is the CYA advice, you know, where are the cracks in the foundation? Maybe you didn't plug, maybe you closed your ears and buried your head in the sand in your 40s. What are those what are those areas and do they still pose a risk for you? Is it still something that you should cover or are you in a different situation? Maybe you don't need as much homeowners insurance anymore. Maybe your life has has changed and maybe you're overinsured. I don't know. I see every different scenario happen all the time. So it's just something to be aware of. And this last tip, this could be for absolutely any generation, but think about hiring a certified financial planner. There are so many great virtual planners now where you can hire a planner in a different state and you can hire a planner just to ask a very specific question. Like, am I tracking towards my retirement goal? This is I think what I want my life to look like, I think this is what it's going to cost, but I don't know exactly for sure, but I really don't know where I am on that spectrum. You can hire a planner now for a couple hours or for a relatively small fee just to figure out where you are because a financial planner can help you see beyond the numbers. You know, too often we get stuck in our own numbers and our own finances. And because money is something we don't talk about with other people, we don't share with other people. We really have no gauge of where we are on the spectrum. Are we good? Are we not good? And what I find is most people think we're terrible. Most people think I've done a terrible job. I've made so many mistakes. I can't possibly be saved. I should just, I should just stop right now. That's honestly, the reaction I get from a lot of people. And it's not true. It's really not true. There's nothing that you have done or there isn't any mistake that you've made that can't be undone some way. I'm not going to lie to you and say it's all going to be painless and that it's all going to be easy, but you can undo just about anything that has happened in your finances, including being in massive debt. A lot of times I hear from people, you know, that they're in a certain amount of debt and it feels like you're drowning. It just, it feels like there is just no way you are going to humanly possible that you can pull out of this debt. And it's really just about little steps. It's about small steps every day. It's just about awareness. It's coming back to a lot of these tips of knowing your baseline number of focusing on the things you can control. Most of us, we can't control our income very much. We could go out and get a second job or a third job or a fourth job, certainly. And for a lot of us, that's the solution. That's what we have to do. But we can't control if our employer is going to give us a big raise or not. We, we're just not in the driver's seat with that. But what we are in the driver's seat with is where our money's going, what we're spending it on. 
what our life looks like, what we want our future to look like, all of those sorts of things. Those are the things we can actually control. And so focusing on those things, but focusing on them in a positive light that you can totally do this. You totally got this. And you are just going to breeze through these decades because you're already listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, I know that you're reading money articles. I know that you're listening to other money podcasts. And I know that you're serious about this. And that is so amazing. It makes me feel so good. It keeps me going. It keeps me doing this podcast. And hopefully this has been a little eye-opening to you, depending on where you are, whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, or whether you're nearing your 50s. Hopefully it's gotten you to think about some of the things maybe you're doing really, really well, and then think about the things where maybe like, ooh, that's something I should pay attention to. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Game. And if you love this podcast, do me a favor, share it with your friends and shout it out on social media. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.